Hi guys, welcome to episode 12 of the Ask Zofi podcast. I know I say it every week, but I cannot believe it's episode 12, that 12 weeks have obviously gone by since I started this. It's a really interesting, amazing uh, sort of gauge for me of just how quickly time can go by and we sort of can procrastinate and wonder about starting something and then once you just get into it, things just kind of, I don't know, begin to gain momentum and before you realise it, things are expanding and this is the way it is in life. It's like there's real power in taking action, not just any old action, but aligned action. I'm not going to go into that because that's a whole other episode uh, in and of itself. Um, Behind the scenes, nothing too funny today, but something I do want to share is actually it's really exciting for me. For the first time, I employed the services of a VA, obviously a virtual assistant. I'm sure you'll know what that means. And this is one of my little bold moves, leaps of faith, kind of putting my money where my mouth is in terms of allowing my business to expand. And it felt, it feels so good to have someone support, so good to have a kind of fresh pair of eyes, so far only on my inbox, uh, with many, 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 many thousands of emails in there. And actually, the lovely Chloe who's helping me said she's having a great time doing it. (laughs) So everyone's happy. And yeah, I'm just sharing that because it's a nod to this thing that I'm doing at the moment that I want to inspire you to do if you so desire it, which is stepping into your dream life. And that's kind of how I see what I'm doing at the moment. I'm boldly stepping into my dream life to help you begin to live the life of your dreams. But again, I'm not going to dwell on that because that's also another probably a whole bunch of podcast episodes. Okay, I'll zip it on that front now. And I'm going to get to my question. So yeah, this is a really cool question that brings up a lot. I'm going to touch in a pretty succinct way upon it and gave a bunch of different sort of ideas and tips and tools. As always, I'm not going to go into masses of depth because I want to keep these episodes pretty short and snappy. If something comes up for you and you want more on it, just qu- just drop me a question because obviously over time there's more and more things I'm going to answer and I am super happy to do that. I am here doing this for no other reason than to serve you, to help you, to support you, to really put all of the crappy stuff that's happened in my life to good use to help you live better in your own life on your journey. Okay, so without further ado, basically one of my lovely lovely members, she she actually sent me a voice note and it was quite a long voice note. And in it, she was just basically asking me about, she said there's a family member of hers who, long story short, says and does things on a regular basis that she deems, and, you know, she's definitely got an argument for this, that she deems thoughtless, uncaring, and hypocritical. And basically, when this happens, it triggers her. It's, it sets her off on this sort of, or puts her into this spiral of worry and anger. And the cool thing, or one of the cool things is, as she was leaving me this voice note, 
what commonly happens as we sort of verbalize things is we start to uh, have these light bulb moments ourselves. So she started by sort of um, complaining about this person. And then during her voice note, she kind of changed her tune towards, ah, this is something in me. She's triggering something in me. So she kind of went from it's her a little bit more towards it's me, which is kind of key. So that's the first thing I want to say is when you have someone who's triggering you, you've got to recognize that nobody can push your buttons if you don't have any buttons. Nobody can, there's so many of these uh, sayings, nobody can yank your chain if you don't have a chain. Um, Nobody can sort of, you can't take offense from someone unless you decide to take it, okay? So that's the first thing to recognize is this stuff is way more about you. Yes, of course, there are some people who just act like assholes. Yes, this is this is truth. And it's not even a judgment. We can just say that some people have poor or unwanted behavior. But the focusing on that takes you out of your power. So the first thing is you've got to recognize if you're being triggered, something is being triggered that is within you. I remember years ago, uh, Rick Hansen said, spend 80% of your time focused on you and 20% on the other person. We tend to do it opposite of that. So 20% if that on ourselves and 80% on the other or other people. And I think this is a really good starting point. So vast majority of your time focused on you, how you're responding, much smaller percentage of your time focused on the other person. Now, this doesn't mean you let people off the hook when they're not treating you well. It doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean you let people treat you poorly. But it does mean that you shift the the main amount of your focus to rest upon you versus the other person because this is where your, your power is. Okay. So, First, you look at yourself and you're mindful of what it's triggering in you and you notice your response. And then you might then, uh, one of the sort of therapeutic terms to use in like relationship is instead of saying you make me sad because it's it's untrue, no one can make you anything and it's also really disempowered and disempowering, you would say when you X, I feel Y. So instead of... Um, saying to your partner, or when you uh, don't reply to me, you make me really angry, you would say, when you don't respond to me for hours, I feel unloved. So you're explaining what you don't like, but you're also taking ownership for your response, okay? Starting to see your your response to other people's behavior in this spiritual manner and taking ownership and responsibility doesn't mean that you then become a doormat you work on yourself predominantly but, but then you can also stand up and use in, in empowered language to explain to the other person and when you x i feel y is a wonderful way of doing this okay the second thing i want to say i say this a lot is Fear speaks first and it speaks loudest, okay? And so when this lovely girl gets a message or has some sort of triggering interaction from this other person, her first response is going to be an emotional one. It's going to come from her primitive brain, from the amygdala, 
from the kind of part of the brain that is responsible for fight, flight or freeze. Really helpful when we lived in caves. Not so helpful when we live in houses and have, you know, Wi-Fi and Instagram and Netflix and we live in this modern day world. So if you respond from that place, that instant, powerful place, it's going to be a knee-jerk reaction, okay? So notice this in yourself. Um, I got a text from my ex-husband the other day that wasn't particularly want it didn't have a particularly wanted message in it and my first the feeling was it was an emotional one and of course I had to watch that observe that let it be and not just jump into a response because if you've got two emotionally charged individuals interacting with one another it's not gonna be pretty okay so just be aware of this observe this know this and take a beat take a minute Allow your intellect, your prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that is uh, designed to deal with modern day challenges, give it a chance to catch up. It's slower. It's more complex. It's not as in your face. It's quieter. This is the bit that you used that, that you want to use to respond with and not to react from that initial place of emotion. Okay. Uh, in this uh, lovely girl's voice note, it was really clear that she was doing a whole load of mind reading and future tripping. Okay, so the other lady would say something really quite small and then my lovely member would go into this whole world of, well, she means this and she must be thinking this and this happening means that this is going to happen. So these are two things that are, I would, when I'm coaching clients, say are no-nos. Mind reading, having your head inside someone else's head. We are notoriously crap at this for one um so we we guess the wrong thing and also it's not our business we have about 60,000 thoughts of our own every day to contend with this is enough to be dealing with you don't want to add to that by trying to get in someone else's head so anytime you notice that you are thinking about what they're thinking this is your sign to bring your attention back to okay how am I responding? Who am I being? How am I showing up? Because that's your business. Whatever is in their head is not your business. This is a case of poor mental focus. And a lot of what I would say to this lovely girl is it's about training your brain. It's about mind training. It's about training your focus. Okay. And the same with the future tripping. This is an example of your mind energy being misused. So you've got to bring yourself back to the present. Bring yourself back to how you're responding. Bring yourself back to the present. Future tripping is like getting in your car and having a 200 mile journey and trying to imagine every single maneuver you're going to take along that journey. Of course, you can't do it. And of course, it would be ineffective if you were to try because you just don't know what's going to happen. The mind thinks it can effectively do this. It cannot. Eckhart Tolle talks about how when you're trying to deal with the f an imagined future, it's really debilitating because it doesn't exist. Like I've said this before, it's like trying to fight an imaginary monster. You, you can't because it's not there. It doesn't exist. So you want to bring yourself back when you notice that you're mind reading. And you could use a sort of mantra, a statement like, that's not my business. And the same with the future tripping. And just focus on your breathing. Bring yourself back to the present moment. Tell yourself... Um, 
how I feel now, my consciousness now, my level of consciousness now is going to determine how things go in the future. And that's what matters versus my mind trying to fix things that are imagined that don't exist. And so I cannot fix them. The other thing is to become, to start being more observant, uh, going into observer mode, being mindful, watching the feelings and the thoughts that come up. Um, There's a really awesome book, I've probably recommended it on here before, maybe more than once, called Letting Go. And I can't remember, I always forget if it's Richard or David Hawkins, but it's one or the other. It is so freaking awesome. It really describes this process of mindfulness. As you observe these emotions that come up again and again and again and again, they lessen. Your observation of them transmutes them. And I got this recently. Like I know the power of now pretty much word for word. Um, uh, But something I got in the last few months was when you go into observer mode, when you are mindful, when you allow this higher level of consciousness to sort of dwell in your being, you are, it's like inviting God to the table, source energy, the highest form of benevolent love that creates universes. Our minds can't even begin to grasp this. This is the power of observing. Because what is happening with this lovely uh, member of mine is this other person is actually merely highlighting pre-existing stress and worry and potential for anger and so on. And I always say this, it's like if you were going on a date or out anywhere, frankly, and you had spinach in your teeth, you'd probably rather someone tell you, right? But when this happens in terms of people triggering us, we don't like it. We then get uh, sidetracked and say, well, you're an asshole. Why are you telling me that there's something, you know, why are you showing this to me? Again, you don't let them keep doing it, but you also use it as an opportunity to grow, to become, to garner self-awareness and self-awareness is is king. It's, it's, cold, it's golden. I don't want to say king. It feels sexist. It's king and queen, king or queen. Um, it is golden. So really, if it was me, I'm thanking this person. I'm thanking, like, I've talked about this quite a bit recently too. I'm dating at the moment. And there's been a bunch of guys who's just like, you're a no. Oh my God, you're totally not right. Whoa, you need so much therapy and so on and so forth. Um, I'm not getting cross with them. I'm just thinking, thank you, because you are helping me see this point of growth in me. And then I'm getting out of there. Actually, <laughs> My kind of mantra for uh, dating is the Muhammad Ali quote, which is float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. And what I mean by that, and it's really pertinent here, is I was watching a butterfly the other day and it just flitted so merrily and so joyfully and so lightly from flower to flower and then from garden to garden. But it got out of there as soon as it was like, I don't like this. And it's that kind of attitude. Most people are really kind of like forceful in how they're saying something, but then their boundaries are really soft. You want to be warm and polite and elegant and reasonable, but not taking any shit, okay? So you get the lessons, but then you also get out of there, but you do the work. Right, the other thing I want to say 
in my coaching sessions, I talk about having this stress bucket, all right? And basically what we put in this stress bucket, being really quite succinct about a much more in-depth concept here, is any negative thought we have, any resistant thought, and the activity we do. So if your stress bucket is away full, and you're kind of right on the edge, someone says something to you that triggers you and you have lost it because you're already on the edge. It's not the fact that they are awful, it's the combination. It's like when people get um, PTSD when they've been in a war zone, typically that person had a pre-existing history of anxiety. Or ladies who get postnatal depression, I don't think I've ever worked with anyone in that who didn't have pre-existing mental health challenges so it's the combination of of those two things so what can you do manage that stress bucket this is something you do through practice on a daily basis it's that brain training thing so it's about learning to to refocus what I had to do and what every client I've ever worked with has had to do essentially is to learn to go from freaking yourself out with your thoughts with your mind with your focus to instead becoming a self-soother. Where you focus is what you feel, the context, the meaning. So it's becoming aware of when you are telling stories in your mind that cause you to get tense or worried and getting a grip on this. This is like the groundwork, the foundational work. Okay, um, let me just check my notes. What else do I want to say? Yeah, the other thing that's really helpful so helpful to know is when you're doing any of this self-development work, you've got to do it with a a real decent sort of spoonful of scoop. Uh, I want to say more than that. I can't think of the best word. Um, a real decent amount. God, that's not very uh, eloquent, is it? <laughs> of self-compassion. Okay. So you want to step into responsibility, but you don't want to sink into guilt. Whenever we're growing, our ego, the mind, fear does not like it and it will come up and try and dig up everything it can to thwart that growth because it thinks growth equals danger, same equals safe, okay? So you're always in this potential minefield or mind field when you're growing, when you're doing work like this. So self-compassion is absolutely necessary. Otherwise, the guilt's going to come in and guilt is just a form of fear disguised slightly differently and hold you back. So you're taking responsibility. You're not sinking into guilt and lots and lots of self-compassion will will help with that. Okay, two final things I want to say. A really... um, useful statement uh, for this lovely girl to use and anytime you're in a similar situation is the story I'm telling myself is okay so instead of she's so thoughtless what you start saying is the story I'm telling myself is she's so thoughtless because we we can drive ourselves crazy in our own minds have you ever done that thing where um some someone you think someone's done something wrong and then actually it turns out that they haven't but you still get all uppity in your mind about like what could have gone wrong this to me just speaks to how bonkers the mind is like it will go off on a rant um about something that actually didn't even happen or like someone doesn't invite you to a party that you would never in a gazillion years want to go to but still the mind gets pissed off that makes no freaking sense it's so immature it's so puerile 
it's so dumb and again it speaks to the nature of the mind um so yeah the story i'm telling myself about this and finally there is a really cool woman called byron katie i saw her in london gosh quite a few years ago now she she really walks the walk she just exudes this i don't know compassion and peacefulness and so on she kind of puts uh, she's doing the same thing as Eckhart Tolle, but she's making it practical. So she developed this process called the work. It is so useful to help you to start to see that it's the mind that creates these pitfalls, these webs that we get woven into and trapped within. You can go to her website. Uh, I don't know what the URL is, but if you Google Byron Katie or the work and you can download a worksheet for free, I would go through this as a practice. This is another form of kind of brain training. Also, if you go onto YouTube, she's got heaps of videos on there. Really fascinating to watch and to observe as people go with this issue, this thing that's really getting to them. And she takes them through the process and you can see they're kind of entering this higher level of consciousness and awareness and they drop all of that tension. Okay, I was talking kind of fast there because I wanted to get it all out and because I'm passionate about this. So hopefully uh, you kept up and you don't have any kind of (laughs) brain ache if you do and you're one of my members, then maybe go listen to one of my meditations to come down from that. Uh, Incidentally, you can grab a really good, I can't remember which one it is, but it is really good meditation from my website for free if you're not a member and you want to grab one without having to pay any money. Okay, that is it from me for today, along with heaps of love. As ever, thank you so much for listening. If you really like this podcast, I would so appreciate if you share it with someone you think would also like it. Um, If you leave me a review or follow or just let me know, it means the world to me. I really appreciate it. But in any case, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week and have an awesome rest of your day. Lots of love. Bye.